Today we see in our readings an unusual tie between the second reading and the gospel. Uh, The weekend readings are always ordered in a way in which the first reading and the gospel relate, and the second reading is, uh, um, it it connects, but it's oftentimes a way to have a different jumping off point for preaching. But we we see uh, both at the beginning of it that it talks about St. Paul, so you have to remember, there's no like Bible as we know it at the time. There's the communities that are gathering that have been uh, uh, given the gospel and have given their lives to Christ and become the local church in that place. And Paul is writing to Thessalonica, to the, the Thessalonians, and he's encouraging them. So imagine receiving this letter, and this is how they communicated, right? We can think of like the Middle Ages when he had the trumpeter, you know, do, 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 do. You know, that everybody come into the square and somebody read the thing that's whatever some person sent. Uh, so there was a different form of communication. And so here is Paul writing and, and he's saying, I desire to pray. We are praying for all of you that the power that has begun would be fulfilled, that this journey would be fulfilled. And he doesn't say it explicitly in this way, but recognizing that once something has begun, there's a beginning, there's a middle, there's a conclusion, there's an end. Right? And he's saying, I'm going to pray, pray that the glory of God would be fulfilled in you. And all of these people that are in uh, Thessalonica. And we see here also then the second page is he's talking about. Now, if someone else writes you. If someone else claims to come in my name. Right. And, and if somebody else claims the end is near. The, the day of the Lord is at hand. Right. Uh, uh, no. Don't listen to them. Right. So already in the beginning, Paul is uh, and they are in a situation where there's lots of voices that can speak and there's even voices that can speak in the name of the Lord. And do we know who it is that we're paying attention to? And in the gospel, at the end, we realize the conclusion is that the salvation that oftentimes people are proclaiming, the end is near, the end is near, you're going to hell, you're going to heaven, you're doing like this conclusive nature, uh, the end time sort of mentality, is actually the, the reason that, don't pay attention to that, because the salvation that we're seeking is to come now. Right? I need salvation today. And that's what happens to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is told, Jesus, God, says, salvation has come to your house. And sometimes we can put off to the future something that we're supposed to be attentive to today. We can ignore the difficulties of our reality if we just pay attention. Oh, it'll get better, like a false hope. Or a use of a false reality of something in the future to draw fear and control and power now. Right? It's really easy to get people to do things we want if we make them afraid. But Christ comes to set us free. To give us peace. To call us to a greater purpose. And that purpose, each of us have been called on. Just as St. Paul's people that he's writing to. Right? And if we know where we are, we know what it is that we should be praying for. And sometimes we get discouraged. Sometimes we struggle because we're sort of wanting to be in a place we're not. Or we're looking at somebody else who is in a certain place and we're thinking, how come I'm not there? Right? Or we're praying for ourselves or for somebody else to have something happen or to take a next step. And we don't realize they're like two steps in a different spot. And we can see all of this happen through Zacchaeus. 
Right? Zacchaeus has numerous things that are happening here. We realize that there's two different ways in which you can respond. Right? Zacchaeus responds in a certain way, and the people that are around him respond in another way. What's the difference? What creates the difference in how people respond to Christ? Right? You can see it's here. They all get mad. And they didn't have to get mad. We know the stories of uh, the paralytic and people crushing in. We know the stories of Jesus having to escape out because so many people were coming. They didn't have to get angry. They didn't have to be like, oh, he's eating with sinners. That didn't have to be with the response. They chose that response. In other circumstances, people chose differently. They chose to follow him. They chose to believe something's happening there. I want what he has. What's the difference between Zacchaeus and the others that are around him? Desire. Zacchaeus is seeking. Authentic desire is the disposition to know when Jesus Christ is in front of us. To authentically desire more. Right? And he moves accordingly. His heart tells him something happened. Somehow he must have known of Jesus beforehand. He received a witness in some way that made him say, who is this Jesus now? And he wanted to know. And so he went up that tree because the circumstances was that he was in weren't going to allow him to get what he wanted. He really wanted to know. The others didn't. And the same for us too. What is it that you're seeking? What is it that you desire? Maybe it isn't Jesus, technically, but you desire something and have an authentic openness to realize maybe the fulfillment of the desire isn't exactly what I'm thinking, but I'm going to look, right? Doesn't he say in scriptures in another place, those who knock, the door will be opened. Those who seek will find. This is what it is. Zacchaeus had a desire and he went in search, and so should we. And it can get easy with media and with all these things and whatever it is, we're getting busy. We just kind of like lull ourselves into forgetting desire to wanting something more from our life. And it's a beautiful thing about young people and being in college like you are is you want something. You want to do well in sports teams. You want to win. You want to study well. You want to find friendship. You want to adventure out from mom and dad. You want to explore Vermilion and all of its wonder. Someone was laughing. (laughs) You can go to the river. I mean, the sunset's beautiful no matter where you are. So Vermillion has that going for it. Even this morning, I'm sitting out in my chair and I had the window open and all of a sudden, the tree that is right out here is like a golden brown. And it's like, moved me. That's what I mean by desire. It doesn't yet have to be attached to Christ, but it moves you. What moves us? So much so I'm out on the roof this morning trying to take photographs of the tree and I want to get the tree with the golden leaves and the blue background and the green grass and I'm like, this is going to be an amazing photograph. This is going to be something to say, yeah, in Vermilion, can you believe it? And then I look at the photograph and I'm like, no, that's not what I see here. This is where Jesus comes in. 
The desire leads us to a point where the thing that we want doesn't fulfill what awakened in us. Only he can. This is what Zacchaeus discovered when the one looked up from him and said, you, I'm coming to your, come down. Something of what he was looking for started to be answered way more than what he could have imagined. So much so that he didn't care what everybody else thought. He was going to respond differently than all of them. And this is a way in which a stage we see there's desire first and then there's this change that happens in us. This movement that is given to us that we suddenly realize, I don't even know why I'm moving right now. We need to make a judgment that I think it's him. I think he's here. This is the presence that I'm looking for. And then we know the difference because the change happens in such a way that we're transformed. And we see again in Zacchaeus this exact thing, that the the going out and the giving of what I have We realize all of the stuff that I wanted to collect, all of the honors, all of the awards, all of the wealth, all of the things. It doesn't mean anything. But it was the means with which I longed for him. It was the ladder with which I discovered I needed him. But once we have him, how we got there, we can let go of, we can change. We can be transformed. We no longer need to live lives of sin. And then we witness to the world. We witness to the world, yes, by what we say and do, but we witness by the fact that something happened to us. Have you ever uh, had that, uh, like, at one time I had a seminarian, former seminarian, he was kind of like in the stages of like, what am I going to do? And so they assigned him to me for like a pastoral year. Uh, And one morning, (laughs) one morning I got, he slept in every day. Always slept in, you know. Uh, One morning I wake up and I, I go out into the hallway and he just opens his door and he's like bright eyed and bushy tailed. And I knew immediately, what's her name? Who'd you meet last night? I knew it. I knew it. Right? Something happened. He met someone that changed him. He didn't need to say a word. Right? This is a witness that when we've met him, we don't even need to speak, but the change that happens in us is sort of palatable. You can tell just in little ways. Maybe it's even the fact that you showed up here as a sign that there's someone in you calling you here. And I was right. He went to a bonfire with friends and there she was. Right? What St. Paul is praying for is what we should be praying for too. That what is begun would be fulfilled. But Zacchaeus reminds us that it's a journey and we need to know where we are. Maybe we're a stage we need to pray that desire would awaken in us. Maybe we need to pray that we would meet the risen Jesus Christ in our lives. Maybe we need to pray that we would be receptive to the change that he wants to make in us. Maybe we need to pray that we would be the witness that this world is provoked by that then makes them desire what it is that we have.
I don't believe Zacchaeus just woke up one day and wanted to see Jesus. I'm convinced that he had met and seen and witnessed people who already knew him. And that was the beginning of him wanting what they had. Where are you at on the journey? Let us pray that whatever it is that God has in store for us, that he might bring it to completion according to his will.